with the other thing later. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It's going on my tombstone. Um, my tombstone. I'll finish that later. <laughs> I'll finish that later. <laughs> That's my epitaph, Jeff. It's I'll a, finish that later. It's a, it's a great idea. Um, you, you know what I don't I want would, to finish I, later. I would. That would be the death of me walking through a. Uh, <laughs> I'll finish that later. Uh, ah, just boy. seeing a tombstone just says, I'll finish that later. That is, that is just sums you die up laughing my entire and then end up life. In the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I, I'm not going to want to finish later? Uh, this beer is, can just be like sounds of me sipping this beer. <laughs> Do you think our show. listeners would, would yeah. care if, if our entire show is just us sipping well. a beer called Green? By Treehouse Brewing, sent from probably the nicest oh person. Oh my god! I heard angels sing when that opened. That's oh beautiful. My god. It looks. Oh my so, lord! Um, let, let's, a little preface is in order. Um, a friend of ours, Patrick, um, lives in Massachusetts and near Monson, Massachusetts, I guess. And he was kind enough to stand in line and get uh, some oh green by Treehouse Brewing. <laughs> Which, which I, uh, have you had it before? No. I'll just give you some advance notice. This may be one of the best beers made. Really? Like up there, probably kicking headies, but it's really? pretty darn good. I, I don't think I've had it before. If I did, it oh was just gosh, a sip. Oh my gosh, just smell it. it. It's like no, I, I it's can't, orange I juice can't and this. pineapple. And yeah. it looks, it really does look like orange juice when it's poured. Uh, has a lot of protein in it, so it's really milky. Yeah, I have never had. Oh my gosh, uh, I've never had green. <sighs> Patrick. All right, so so let's try this. It looks you can't see through it. No. Um, it just you know it looks like you're staring into the eyes of God. Uh, just golden light pouring through it. <laughs> this, this beer is ridiculous. All right, can I drink this? Yeah, I just tasted mine, so you might as well. Oh Lord! Oh, <laughs> oh my, my gosh, that's so good. If I was standing, I would be even. Even right the now. burp is better than most beers I've had. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a beer that I've always wanted to try, um, but as we all know, uh, well, maybe you don't. But Treehouse Brewing is hard to come by. Uh, when they say heady topper is hard to come by. I don't think Hetty's anywhere near as hard to get as as Treehouse beer is. Um, And this beer is like... Wonderful. Yeah, 7.5%. And I love one of their descriptors for it. Uh, Aromas of pineapple, orange sorbet, and tangerine. That nails it. That orange sorbet Mm -hmm. really nails it. Yeah, that is so good. What a very strange thing. <laughs> There's nothing else we're talking about, right? This no, just, just I I can't remember anything else that we might want to talk about. This is um I, I guess anybody who's made their way to Massachusetts to hunt this beer down. I guess but you live in Massachusetts. I do, but it's Monson South nowhere. It's it's pretty far for me. I had probably an hour and a half drive. And oh, wow. given that there's no guarantee you'll walk away with beer after that drive um it's unlikely i'm gonna just swing by because i well i think you you really like there's always a line people drive up from all over from like new york pennsylvania to to get this beer and it's never clear if you're gonna get it when they announce it's coming out so it's a that's a hard sell for me it is ridiculously good but i could get beers that are probably 80 percent as good any day that I want. Well, I think that's some one of the things that I often think about is is that there's so much good beer. Like standing in line for beer just is it's not not a good thing in my mind. But then you drink um, this and you're like, why don't I have this every day? Yeah, then it's like I want to go stand in line right now for this beer because it's good. I know we have a lot of friends who who will. You know, they commit themselves. Uh, our buddy Nate is always going to these beer releases and and waiting in line. Yeah, but that's for, hours. for fun too. He says he he enjoys it. So 
that, that's that's a different story. Have you ever done a wait in line for an apple doohickey? Uh, no. Doodad? I have. Nope. It, it can be fun. No. Like, everybody's all energized and excited and chit-chatting about, like, oh, what's it going to be like? Oh, this is cool. Did you see this this thing? Did you see the keynote? So that can be fun. A bunch of similarly motivated nerds together. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I actually was in line for the first iPad, but it wasn't like I showed up and then walked in. It wasn't like I think there are people there in line for mm. for hours, but I didn't do any waiting. Um, and I, I get I get it. I mean, we I went to uh, Tired Hands, which is in Ardmore in Pennsylvania recently, and um, I guess there was a beer release, and the line stretched. It was really cold outside. <laughs> And there was a line that stretched all the way out the door, around the block. Like, so far, I couldn't see it. And those people were going to be waiting there. And from, I mean, I hear a lot of horror stories of people waiting in line for hours and then getting up, you know, right. and then there's well, no beer. That happens with Apple releases. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you wait in yeah. Line. The, the worst is you wait in line for like, you know, six hours, eight hours. You get up there and they don't have the exact thing you want. So you take the... The thing you didn't really you want. Settle. So, so yeah. now not only did you spend all that time waiting in line, but now you get to live with buyer's remorse because <laughs> that's not really yeah, that's what fantastic. you wanted. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Sign me up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, beer, the problem I have with beer is that it, you drink it and then it goes away, you know, like it's not even an Apple yeah, device. Right. You at least have it for a while with beer. It's a fleeting thing, so you know, wasting. Well, maybe not wasting. Spending yeah. eight hours. I mean, I we went up to um, Hill Farmstead when we made our last trip up to Vermont, and it was a holiday weekend, and we were in line just to get two glasses of beer for an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun to me. No, it wasn't. It wasn't fun. Um, and but I mean, we had driven two hours to get there. So I'm like, I'm not leaving without a beer, <laughs> you know? Um, and, the, and that wasn't even the line to buy beer, like buy bottles to take home. That line was even far, you know, longer. Um, I don't know if I told you the story, but I, I, um, I, they had this thing where you take a number to get a growler fill. Mm-hmm. And mine said, um, mine said like three ninety nine on it or something like that. And the last, you know, their their counter didn't have the hundreds numbers. It just said you know, 98, 99. And so I went up when they called 99. And she's like, oh, no, no, this, uh, you're 399. Uh, we're on 199 right now. Wow. And I was like, okay. What a <laughs> crazy thing. What a number. crazy market that we're in. Because if you think about just economics, it should be like, <clears throat> the problem is those beers are too cheap then. Like there needs to be some other economic like throttle on this. Well, I mean, I, I guess rarity what, helps, but it does. But I think actually what bothers brewers, at least from what I've read, is that they don't charge it. They don't charge those high prices, right? Like they want to. They want anybody who can buy it to buy it. It's the people who buy it who then mark yeah, it up. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't so, work out that way because it is limited. Right. But yeah. uh, I mean. The market's getting better and better. There's there's tons of really great beer out there. This is, this wasn't even the topic, right? <laughs> this is this is just talking about a tremendously good beer and what we would do to get it. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time he posted a picture of standing line outside a treehouse, which looked like I don't know a trailer or something, and there was just a lot of people with beards standing in line, looking kind of sad and uh, like they were kind of bummed out that they weren't currently drinking beer and. Um, I was like, oh man, I would, I can't even see standing in line for a beer. And then he sent us one. <laughs> so I was We're like, like oh, okay, I get okay. it. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you very much, um, Patrick. Yes. This, very, very this much. is fantastic and definitely one of the best beers I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hate the term mouthfeel, <laughs> but it has a really good mm-hmm. mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. You know? Really, really good mouthfeel. Mm hmm. I mean, it's just it's kind of rich and creamy, which you don't really think is going to happen when you open a beer. Yeah, that's that's this new IPA trend. I think East Coast IPA trend of putting a lot of protein into the beer to make it that that smooth texture to it. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a cream ale. It's strange. I'm totally on board with it. 
I'm so the saddest thing about this beer is that there's only one can and so only sixteen ounces. <laughs> like, I, my sips are so small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of this thing, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm, you know what's really hard to do when you're drinking beer, though. Oh no! Take, here we, man. You are so bad at these transitions. <laughs> so bad. Take, taking work notes is really hard to do if you're drinking beer. <laughs> Um, that, that is what we want to talk about today, um, which is uh, taking notes, how we take them, where we well, take them, where we keep them. Yeah, not not just a, like a symposium on taking notes. Uh, no. You and I talk a lot about work offline. We do. Like we do. Be- <laughs> just between each other. <clears throat> and uh, one thing that comes up pretty regularly is like, oh, man, that's awesome. I... Uh, something happened on a project and somebody was all upset, but I had my notes from the meeting, which showed that whatever, you know, we did the right thing or, you know, we planned this thing correctly or whatever, whatever it happened to be and how notes kind of save our butts pretty, pretty often on projects. They, They save our butts. And I think that also provides that, that, um, that payoff moment, uh, which is like, you know, taking notes, taking good notes for work and organizing them and putting them where you can get to them and all that stuff is a pain in the butt, you know? It's so it's a like lot of when extra it, work that yeah. ends up like the person that invests the time is the only one that does it. Cause everybody ends up relying upon that person usually for, for doing that thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, sh- you know, I, I, we sit in these meetings, right? And everybody has their laptop out and I'm, I assume most of them are doing their email, you know? Um, but my boss recently, I would say the last, um, four or five meetings we've been in, it's like, you know, uh, be, I guess because I, I'll be in his office doing a status, not give him status on something. And he'd be like, what, what meeting did you guys discuss that? And I have everything. Well, we don't get totally into methodology, but I go in, I search up my notes, and I can say oh, so that we last talked about that on Wednesday, you know, or I will bring it up um, like a OmniFocus thing because he's a context, like my boss is a context, and it'll say you know discuss you know events of meeting blah blah blah, and I was like oh I do have something that came up I needed to talk to you about and I just zip to my notes and I tell him and so now he's very much like, Hey Jeff, you got notes on that, right? You can send those notes out after this meeting. <laughs> and so, so it's, and now you have to pay attention, which is kind of a bummer, but it, it's, it's widely seen now that because those things have been so useful in so many ways, um, they're getting relied on by people beyond just me, which I think is kind of good. Well, I want to, um, I wanted to ask you about that. Maybe after we talk about the, I did want to talk about the methodology, but, uh, when I ask you about, Unintended consequences. Yeah, of, yeah of this quite a few of those. Of this thing. Um, so, can you give me a rundown of like the things I'm curious about? Is what kind of headers do you put on things? Do you mm-hmm. do you annotate like so and so says, and then the quote, or do you put the person's name and then like their input, or are your notes more just collecting summaries of of the conclusions? I think all of the above. Um, let me just walk you through what I do, and then you can just poke holes or tell me where I'm stupid or or whatever. Um, I use um, Keyboard Maestro for kind of a note template setup. Um, uh, let, me, let me step back even a little bit further. Um, I keep all of my notes in Dev and Think during work. Um, they are basically a MD, .md file, one per week. Um, I right click in Dev and Think on a oh, Monday. Wait, so and, one, one per week. So one yeah, file for the whole week, not one, one file, file for, for the each whole week. meeting. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what's the advantage to that over doing one file per week or per, well, because, per meeting? Because my my search allows me to find things across meetings pretty easily, even if they're in there, and it helps me encapsulate things by week. So I can kind of temporarily say, well, this was last July. I only have four files I need to really look through. So how are you naming those files so that it's Um, obvious? So I have a macro, of course. Um, So I create (laughs) a new file. I didn't mean the actual steps of creating the file. What's the file name? 
it's work X, weekly X, and then it says meetings. And then I use a like part of a macro to say, you know, today's date and then today plus seven dot MD. So the last one was 2017 02 2, the word two, 2017 02 20. And then when there's sorting, Obviously, all of the sorting just is everything completely chronological by week. It's super helpful to see things. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there are other files that I'll keep running throughout the week, and I generally have all three of them open in Sublime Text, which are I have a planning file. So that's WorkX, Project X, 2017 planning. And then I have um, supplemental files for every project that we're working on throughout the week. And those are usually kind of up, and I can jump it back and forth. Um, Interesting. And so uh, the only thing that's a little bit kind of a pain is if I'm doing stuff within a project that need to um, have a to-do in there. Like I'd like to have the captured to-dos in the project su- supplemental file sometimes just to track when particular task was given, but I also want to put something I need to do into OmniFocus and I also want to make sure it's in the meeting notes. So sometimes I have to triple up on I stuff see. if I really want to be careful to, to capture it. But um, so, yeah, work so notes. I find this, this curious more because you're bucketing how many projects do you typically work on at once? Mm, two. Oh, okay. One All to right. two. So some one of my issues that I have is that I have, I don't know, a dozen projects, maybe. Oh boy, that's a lot of projects. And that's so I have like, uh, you know, project folders that I put all kinds of information in. And I, I mm-hmm. tend to put the meeting notes in those project folders so that it's easy, you know, they're, they're all kind of aggregated together. And I could quickly go in and say, this project, you know, here's all of my information, whether it's supplementary material or meeting notes. And then I, tend to title the notes with the high level like what that meeting was about kind of summary yeah so i think really where our difference see. um where where we differ probably is you have a meeting that is by project right and we i don't yeah. really have those we have a lot of cross-functional meetings to discuss i see you know, three or four things at once. Okay. Right? So yeah, um, mine are but, always by project and any given day I can have like three different meetings for the same project or mm-hmm. three different projects, you know, th- that they're all, it's all over the place. And yeah, I, I think the other thing that I've been doing, um, is I use this notes file for, um, kind of taking a like planning an agenda for a meeting I'm going to have. So I'll say, I'll name it something like, you know, so-and-so agenda planning so that before I go into that meeting, I'll start with a framework, but I can kind of spitball ideas beforehand. I will also put things like, um, like scheduling and planning stuff. Like it's not specifically that we had a meeting about this stuff, but I wanted to just capture it, you know, in time, you know, like I, I needed to do something. I'm just going to put it in my notes file. And so that way it, it all kind of – everything kind of hangs together by week. Okay. So um, within, the, within the file, um, I have a macro that I typed. It's just instead of new week, which is what creates the file name, I have it called new meeting, which dumps out um, markdown header information with an embedded date and time stamp. And it puts the cursor – oh, it also puts out a little – attendees colon content colon and then puts the cursor this, right so where, this is the header of the yeah, of the, file? Like the, he, the uh, meeting oh, he, the, the meeting, meeting header. header so, a so file when i sit down in a meeting I, different yeah. sections and then Correct. each section has these uh they're not really headers at that point they're just lines that begin they're with lines the yeah but it's kind of like a yaml header in a way right, right? so um the reason i started putting attendees is so that i can Say, oh, we're in that meeting with, you know, so-and-so. I can do a quick search for, you know, throughout the week, search for a person's name, and I'll find all the meetings I was in with them and find or, things. And, or someone says, I wasn't aware of that. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you know, exactly. getting, getting ahead to a little bit of like the benefits and consequences of that, that I find that that is extremely valuable of somebody a year into a project says, why did, was this decision made? And you explain it and, and they say, well, I wasn't part of that. I disagree. And going back and looking and saying, nope, nope, you were at that meeting where we yep. all agreed that this was the correct action. And I have a meeting note that has a date with attendees in your name. And you were in it. Yeah, yeah that is something. Uh, the other thing that I'll do sometimes, um, actually quite often, is in my calendar will be a the, the title of the meeting. And so sometimes I'll just copy that, put it on the clipboard, and then when I create this little, you know, uh, meeting header, I'll paste that in um, so that my calendar matches up with my notes in case I need to ever, you know, search or they can say it was in that meeting last Tuesday about Mm -hmm. so-and-so. I have uh, some hotkeys that I, you know, kind of always use from Sublime Text, which uppercase the the line that has the, the title on it, it bolds it. So in DevonThink, which is really nice for this stuff. It creates a formatted markdown, you know, looks perfect when I'm just looking in Dev and think, um, like formatted notes with bullet bulleted indented groups and all that stuff. It looks super awesome. Um, and that's kind of how I conduct my week. The reason why I use the content YAML tag, um, is so that things roll up within sublime text. So sometimes I have a lot of meetings throughout a week, so I can just hit, you know, command K command one or whatever, and it will just roll up all the meetings and it'll have the title. It'll have the attendees and then just a little, you know, content. It'll just say content. I can put a little note there saying, here's what was in that meeting if I want. And so I can get a really like just a skeleton view of all the meetings mm-hmm. I was in through the week with everything rolled up underneath the, the, um, like, like what do they call it the cold f- code folding mm-hmm. in uh, Sublime Text, yeah, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Nice. Well, so, what do you do? I mean, how do you uh, uh, how do you deal with this stuff? Um, well, I do I do paper and like I take a lot of notes on paper, so I end up having to make <laughs> OmniFocus or can't or a lot of times I'll just have a calendar. I'll block off my calendar. Um, Why do you use paper? Uh, because I is find it a cultural thing again or. It, culture. I mean, it's just perception. I I find Mm -hmm. that um, when I'm taking notes on my phone, which I've done, I I always feel like I have to say like, look, I'm taking notes right now, just so you know. Especially on your phone. Yeah. And when (laughs) when I'm on my computer and typing, I often say the same thing. Like, I'm taking notes right now. Just this Mm -hmm. is why I'm doing this thing. Because like you said, many people aren't using their computer to take notes. As you Mm -hmm. find out when you ask somebody for their notes and they're like, uh, what notes? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you had your computer open and you were typing. Oh, I was doing email. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or working on something that I felt was more important, which, yeah, whatever. Everybody makes their own decisions for their own reasons, but their choices. Yeah. But I like to make it clear, like I'm, I'm paying attention to what we're doing right now. And mm-hmm. I find that paper is the one thing where you never have to do that. You never have to explain like, I'm not doodling. <laughs> I'm not just drawing little pictures of dogs or whatever. I'm, I'm truthfully, if I had paper, that is exactly what I would be doing. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I don't, think don't this you agree? Is like you never have to explain to people. It's, it's implicit that mm-hmm. if you have a piece of paper out during a meeting and you're writing that it, it, it has to do with what's happening at that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Um, so I do that quite a bit and then I transcribe it, you know, either right after the meeting or some other convenient time or I, you know, first thing in the morning, the next day, I'll, I'll have a, a, an event that's basically, you know, transcribed notes from the previous day. Do you, do you scan them in? I do actually, but I scan the whole notebook when I'm done. That, that was my question. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't um, generally need to scan. I just look at, I just read them and then summarize them, but I, I do mm-hmm. put them into a text file and I have moved everything to Devon think. Um, the difference is, like I said, mine aren't for the whole week. Mine are per meeting and with, a some summary of like this project, this is the reason for the meeting in general. And if it's like with one person, I'll put the person's name and the title and then a date, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, so I know exactly 
why this note exists, it's really much easier to find. So I can say like, oh, like here's all the notes for this project. Oh, here's the one from 18 months ago for this topic, I see. And, you know, everything maybe that isn't about that topic is still in that note. But um, generally, it's an, it's an easy way to find what I'm looking for. Gotcha. Um, no. One one of the things that I found is useful for this, and it's another thing that people have come to rely on me for, which I don't mind because it's I, I have to do it anyway, is that I create a – in those supplemental files, I ha- we have projects that have, I don't know, two or three dozen uh, phases oftentimes with a lot of handoffs and – you know, inter-team handoffs. You know, mm-hmm. this has to get these specs need to get done and handed to these folks, and then we have a UAT with users, so we need to put owners and resources and you know mm-hmm. start and end dates. So I created a a markdown table, which translates perfectly in Dev and Think, and so I also use Marked Brett Terpstra's app. Um, and at the end of the – we kind of had these big kickoff meetings where we're planning out the dates and when everybody is required or have committed to things. And so I can basically go in while people are talking and I will be filling out this essentially a little chart. It's just markdown. At the end of the meeting, depending on who the project manager is, I just bring up marked – I hit, you know, I select the the table that has basically every commitment everybody has made, and I just send it out in an email to the attendee list nice. of the meeting we were just in, and they get it within, you know, <laughs> five mind, minutes after the meeting. Their mind is blown. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, they're like, what it, magic well, is this? Were, but now it's like, Jeff, you're going to send your date table out, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I do want to get to the the consequences. Uh, yeah, I was going to throw in a couple other things that I do that I found value in one is you ever have, you have the situations where there's a meeting and you have, you, you maybe have more questions that you have, than you have time to discuss in the meeting. Mm-hmm. And I end up writing a lot of the questions down because my, um, my memory is very short. <laughs> Mine I, is too. I will come like, up with the question like then, then not ask it and then forget it before the next meeting. So I use good old critic markup. Uh, the comment, which is a curly brace, um, two uh, greater than symbols, then a capital Q, and then two less than symbols, and then the end curly brace. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, mm-hmm. that I put in front of the line to mean question. And then if I get an answer later, I go in and put the same thing, but with an A is the oh, answer. Oh, that's nice. So that I end up having this, It's it's almost, it's not really a transcript, but it's like this idea of like this was important to me this question and here's the answer or if there's no answer then i know to follow up on it and so it makes it pretty easy to find those two with with search um after the fact so i do that and then the annotations for who says what i haven't really settled on a good system for that i end up putting the person's name and then a colon and then like what they said and this particular thing, um, I haven't always done, but on more recent projects, it's been difficult to to point to uh, why certain actions were taken on a project. When you're on a very large project team and you have yeah. you know multiple people, and one person is saying, "No, we absolutely have to do it this way. We absolutely have to do this." And having just general meeting notes where it's more like the project, you know, decided this, that's not as good. It's better to say like, okay, well, this person accepts responsibility for this, this suggestion or this decision so that later when you're tracing it back going, why did we do this? You can go to that person and say, what was your reasoning behind this? Um, Not blame, but more like, you know, you need to find the right people to explain how you got to this point. No, I, I actually do that within the meeting notes as well. I'll often say, you know, so-and-so said, and then put something like almost conversational because, or so-and-so was mentioning, and I'll just make sure that we've captured it because especially like there are certain just red flag statements, right? Like we'll never need to change this again. Okay. <laughs> I'm writing that down uh-huh. <laughs> because that's, you know. 
<laughs> Those are the ones that, like, a year from now, people are like, who in the hell would have told us never you yeah. know, never to change that? <laughs> and uh, it's it's useful because often, since I'm on the technical side, you know, it's really easy for somebody to be like, oh, it's probably just a technical limitation that we did it, you know, for back then. Right. Then you like, can go back and no. say, no, <laughs> it was because we were running short on time and so-and-so was too overbooked for, you know, doing this thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I will attribute things or if someone says, if someone's being, you know, difficult or something in a meeting, um, or rude. I'll also make a note of that stuff. Those won't go in the ones that go out to everybody. But um, oh, you know, that, if that, that is something I'm very curious about. Distributing the notes, not mm-hmm. not the action of. I'm sure you distribute the notes. Do you take feedback back into the notes? Like if somebody disagrees with the notes, no, I actually don't really distribute the notes that often. If I do, um, I will copy the meeting notes to a separate. Uh, Markdown file and edit them for kind of public consumption and then send them out that way. They're rarely just completely, you know, copied and pasted into an email or something like that. Because I will put these kind of, um, not just anecdotal, (laughs) but whatever. That sounds very dangerous, Jeff. I don't think I would do that. I think what I would do, have you used, (laughs) um, well, in, in, uh, Devin think you can create uh, markdown links to other Devin think notes. So that's mm. one thing you can do, right? So that you can copy the Devin think link and then do a markdown link. And that way, when you're, if you're on the Mac and you're doing the, um, you know, display is actual markdown, clicking that link will actually show go to and then the note. Uh, so you can do that. So you end up that with might almost a like a thing wiki. To do. Or mm-hmm. you can do dynamic wiki as you type by doing camel case and then hitting return. And then if you click it automatically, it's a setting right? in Devon think you go in, in really? on the Mac. Yeah. You can have it basically create wiki links automatically by doing camel case. And then when you click that wiki link, it creates a new note with that title automatically. Whoa. I didn't know Ready that. to go. And then uh, you can just type the extra stuff there. And now those are linked together automatically on the, it doesn't work on, on iOS, which is why I prefer the markdown linking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's, it's pretty neat. Like it's a cool way to create a quick wiki. Uh, and I would recommend doing that. So that if yeah. you reduce in the actual, you don't actual do it by notes, accident. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. And it's not like this happens too often, but that actually gives even more of a reason to keep it in a separate file. Right. Because, because I don't do this kind of, um, anecdotal stories or editorial comments, I may forget it on the odd chance. But that said, I, like I said, that's the reason why I don't just send out notes every time. But the reason why I do that is in case someone brings it up, you know, like so-and-so is yeah. really you know, a problem in that last meeting or, um, you know, HR says someone from your team complained about the behavior of so-and-so in a meeting or some, you know, something, something right. like, it doesn't and happen too then often. Then you can look back it, and say like, yeah, uh, the last six meetings, this person was really defensive. Yeah. It's what something's going on. Right. Exactly. So, so that's, those are some of the other things I, I do in there that I think hopefully some of these things bear fruit. Some things like that, I hope never come up again, but I just am doing it now just to kind of, um, Kind of cover myself or make sure that so defensive that notes. Yeah, defensive <laughs> notes in a way. So on the <laughs> offensive side, how do you go from note taking to making things actionable? Like, do you create tasks in real time? I guess you. Yeah, I'm guessing you don't like jump in OmniFocus, create a task, and then go back to your notes. I do. Oh, I you should. do. Okay. So do. Yeah, yeah. I have a hotkey, um, so I'll just uh, you know. I'll just select that line quickly. Um, and then I have a hotkey, which will bring up an Omni, uh, OmniFocus quick thing. Yeah. And I'll just hit the paste and then hit, you know, I won't do all of the details at the time, but I'll just make sure that it gets captured. Sure. And then at the end of the meeting, it'll be in my inbox and I can right. so do whatever needs to be done. Clipper or whatever, whatever they call it on OmniFocus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's a couple of keystrokes that I put it in there. The reason why I do it is the same reason. <laughs> 
<laughs> you write everything down after the meeting is I have a memory like a guppy. And <laughs> if I don't do it right away, I may not go back through those notes for a couple days. Right. Mm. And it may be something where my boss was like, you know, make sure you write an email to this vendor this afternoon. Right. And if I don't right, go back right, for right, a couple right. days, I'm stuck. So, yeah. Uh, when I do paper notes, I do like a big handwritten asterisk next to something that is an action. Like mm-hmm. that this should become an action so that it stands stands out when I'm quickly scanning the page. Like that's a thing for me. You don't do that at, at in real time? I don't because that involves getting out my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like popping oh, open right. OmniFocus. I, I don't work on a Mac at work, so I end up um having to take notes and do tasks almost like on a, on a separate device, really like an animal, like an animal, <laughs> like an animal. Yeah, I actually, um, we talk about this all the time and Devin think has come up so much in the last few months, really. But, um, because I can use it, I've kind of doubled down on its use, but it's always in the back of my mind of what happens if I can't use this anymore. Um, it's hard. It is really yeah. hard. So when I do take notes on my PC, it's almost always in sublime text. And then when I'm done, if I want to get those into Devon think I will do one of two things. I either open iCloud notes on a web browser and paste them in. And then I go back on iOS or Mac and then wow. copy those and paste them into Devon Think. Or I quickly open my email and uh, and send it to my OmniFocus inbox. Oh, that's not a bad with, idea. With an action of transcribe into um, project notes. Mm-hmm. Right? So then it's in the note section of the task, you know, uh, captured by the OmniFocus service. And then Does the OmniFocus service, will it take a task paper file? Like if you write your email no. in task paper format, will it send them all in as separate tasks? No. Oh. No. That that's would be a, cool. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Well, at least as far as I know, it doesn't. I've tried and either I got the syntax totally wrong or <laughs> uh, it doesn't do it. I can see that being really useful if that's the way you had to do it. You know, just at the end of the meeting, sublime text, paste it into an email, send it to your OmniFocus. They show up in your inbox, at least, you know. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I'm just sending stuff to my inbox from the meeting. It's just a little bit more direct than, than the email would be. But that's, I mean, I guess it's not insurmountable. But it Devin Think right now is just so, so key to how I'm doing work. So everybody probably has heard me talk about having everything in Dropbox for years. Everything was in Dropbox. I had a text file directory. All my text files were in Dropbox. They synced all my devices. I could look at them in editorial or on my phone. I could look at them in, you know, sublime text. Everything was very convenient, but I have since moved everything into Omni into Devon think. Um, I have a work database. Jeff, didn't you hear the up- updated Simple Note? You could always <laughs> go back to Simple Note now. No, thank you. <laughs> no, I actually moved just the work notes out of that big text file folder, and I put them into a work database, DevonThink database. And so nice. all of that stuff is in there. Um, I have benefited from the DevonThink search, I'd say, dozens of times since I've done that. And um, the fact that they're not linked files, they're not reference files anymore, uh, means that everything's getting backed up with the databases themselves. And they're not in Dropbox, which I guess is a good thing, um, if depending on your point of view. Um, and so I kind of consolidated everything that I need for work in that database. So instead of keeping files in my personal directory, um, I just moved that entire directory structure into DevonThink. Yeah. And my work notes, instead of being, you know, in a big lump in Dropbox, I just moved the do you keep that. do you keep your work notes separate from your personal notes? I do now. Yeah, yeah I didn't used to, but the they are same, they're separate now. Same when I moved it into DevonThink because I could do folders and everything. I was like, yeah. Oh, this makes sense that uh it's easier to search when it's separate. <laughs> 
Like yes. you get fewer results. And because they're in separate databases, you can focus down on one database or one, one folder when you do your search. Yep. It's, it's, it's cleaner for sure. I mean, you can still search everything if you need to. Um, you can search across databases if you need to. Um, I have a text files database, which is just a reference file, you know, folder thing to those personal files, but I can search across all of those databases for things that I need. Um, super convenient. And I feel like I'm using DevonThink for more what it was meant to be used for because it is kind of a research repository in a way now, you know? Um, Which is why I like my notes to be separated by project because, like, I can look in this folder and I have my notes and then I have a PowerPoint deck that was provided by somebody. And then I have a PDF that summarizes, like, a vendor product. And, mm -hmm. like, all of these things are in one place. I don't have to think... I mean, I could do that with file naming too, and do this is what I global did. search and stuff like yeah, that. That's that would, how that would I do work. It. But I really like this, like clicking on the project and then browsing everything in there. So we have um, code names for all of our projects at work, and so every file name and every meeting note is tagged with a project name. So it's pretty easy for me to right. just type, um, you know, a very a case specific. They're always uppercase as well. So it's really easy for me to type uppercase project name and just find everything across everything. Now my file folders, I do create a folder per project. I just don't keep the notes in there too, but I do consolidate things per, per well, project. Well, I suppose, I suppose uh, it's reasonable to think of folders as tags anyways. And, True. And Devin thinks yeah. so. You, you could just tag and accomplish the same same essential thing of like, oh, well, this is like a folder, except it's yeah. a tag that you can browse. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you about the consequences of <laughs> taking good notes. There's, yeah. You know, on the defensive part, like it's pretty clear. Like, okay, well, it's people start to assume that your notes are going to be thorough and accurate. So there's less of a <laughs> bullshitting. I yeah, would say less, of like, less oh, bullshitting. I wasn't in that meeting, like because it's you know easy to to dispute from your end. But do you find that people then don't do their own notes because they rely upon yours? Actually, yeah. no, I definitely do. Although um, my boss is still he's a real hard worker, and so he'll take his own notes and he'll usually send his to me and say combine these with your notes and we'll right. You know, That's which my I find helpful. To everybody on, on my project teams too is. Everybody take notes, and then we will pool those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but I do. I do know that I'm relied on by many. In fact, some project managers just say, "Jeff, you're taking notes here, right?" Or "You're taking the <laughs> dates here, right?" Because they are coordinating and doing all the. They're doing something which else. Is, productive, which is yeah. kind of fine. Like I would prefer taking notes to getting into it. You know, mixing it up with everybody and their opinions. I'm just I'm well. Just I think here that's a notes. that's a traditional strategy for project management. Is that you have one person, n not the project manager, that's assigned to take the notes because the project mm -hmm. manager may need to be jumping into a Gantt chart or looking up previous notes or you exactly. know gathering information. And while they're doing that, they can't be taking notes. Right. Yeah. So I don't complain overly because the notes are helpful for me, as we just said. Like I need them anyway. So it's not like I'm not going to take them if, if this person doesn't want me to. I'm still going to take them just for my own purposes. So I might as well mm -hmm. just add the extra layer and, you know, uh, hold everybody to their so words. That's, a, that's a, an interesting experience. Have you ever been in a meeting when somebody explicitly says no notes? No. Like no really? one take notes? Why would they do yeah, that? That's That's unusual. Lawyers are a different breed. Oh, uh, lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want anything written down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's always difficult because for me, I look at it like this isn't just about um, culpability. Like this is mm -hmm. so I can remember <laughs> like, no, that's to do thing. things and, and why we did things and you know who is the person that owns this action and all that kind of stuff. No, uh, absolutely. I would do very bad in that environment. I, I actually often wonder, and well, here's a question for you. Do you think the fact that you take notes and write everything down has made your memory worse? Nah, I think that's silly. I've heard that kind of argument made in the past. That, that's, that's like, uh, didn't they say that about printed books? 
is that people's minds would get soft if we started printing books because my mind is they pretty soft. I don't know if you didn't have noticed. to remember everything. <laughs> they, yeah. yeah, the written word was destroying people's minds. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't believe in that. I think that. Uh, my memory is just as bad as it ever would have been. <laughs> yeah, mine's always been terrible. But now I have reference material that reminds, you know, not to be snarky, it just reminds me, like, oh, yeah, we did talk about that. Now I remember, and I remember what we talked about, and I remember the conversation, and uh, how it, how the conversation went as far as, like, people's attitudes. So, did, so, did you ever have a time when you, like, I know... I think culturally at where I work, um, there's a lot of old schoolers and there's a lot of some younger folks. And I think that the, the mix right now is I'd say about half the people take in either an iPad for notes or a computer. Well, they take a computer. I don't know that they're taking notes to be honest. I think they're just doing their email. But um, do you see that shifting still? Or do you see, I, I feel like the pendulum is swift pendulum is shifting back again to, you know, tablets and pens and uh, for whatever reason, maybe people Most don't people want to I work like they do an email paper. or whatever. Yeah, really? Like the vast majority of people I know use paper unless they're of the engineering ilk. Like the people that are um, tend to spend most of their time with a computer feel more comfortable taking notes on a computer is what I've, what I've noticed. Um, but most of the, like I work with a lot of scientists, most of the scientists I work with tend to take notes on paper. Hmm. Interesting. Do they have, uh, do they print up their own special tablets like our friend Seth does? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so amazing. We should put that in the show notes. Yeah, create make a create his that. own barcodes so that he yes. can scan and search his <laughs> notes. And search his notes. His technical notes. I, mm-hmm. I still can't believe that. I'll put that in the show notes so people know what we're talking about. He's a crazy a, one. a unique person. Yes, he is. In the nicest possible way. So any other like weird observations about like, consequences of notes or observations of weird consequences would be a better way to phrase that. That you've seen of like being a very thorough note taker. Do people get defensive? No, actually like, they that don't. You're trying to catch them? No, it's weird. I think that the people who would think that just think I'm checking email. Like they're not paying attention enough to like, it's, it's weird. Um, I think the people who probably should be defensive aren't really paying attention, but that's why, (laughs) that's why I'm probably writing this stuff down. It's like, so-and-so is not paying attention right now. And this (laughs) is good. You don't write that down, do you? There are a couple times when I will write that down. When I see wow. somebody who is like just doing something completely, I know that they're being asked to commit to something, and they're and you not. Know, you know, they're not really paying attention to the gravity of that. Yeah. Request. So I'll write down what they just got committed to, and then I'll put in a little parenthetical there saying, "Not sure if this person caught, you know, that they're on the hook for this." And then sometimes that I'll turn that into a follow up and say, "Just so you know, this is something you need to do." afterwards to make sure that they know it. But I'm not going to, in the middle of a meeting, like shout across the table and go, Hey buddy, you got that? Pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're now going to have to do that. Is that very clear? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because I actually do do that in my meetings. Like part of the reason to take notes is at the end of the meeting, you summarize what everybody agreed on Mm -hmm. or what everybody committed to. I think that's good discipline. I don't think we, a lot of times people are like packing up and uh, oh, sure. running, rushing out or something late. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, are there reasons to take notes that are not work related? That was one of the things I was wondering. Oh, like, how boy. Do you yeah. Take, I take yeah, tons of notes. Do, yeah. What do you do there? How do you do that? And do you use paper for that stuff too? Uh, no, I almost never use paper for personal notes because I don't. I, my wife doesn't care if I'm taking notes on a phone or an iPad or my computer or whatever, but, um, no, I take tons of notes about all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, I was on the phone booking a summer vacation and I have all my notes right here. I'm looking at it right now. Like everything that he said about booking that down to like, Oh, this is how you get here. 
and when you come, you know, you want to talk to so-and-so and... Do you put that somewhere else or do you leave it I, there or just... I have a stuff? note collection that's just called... I have a database just called Notes and those are all my personal notes. Uh, on where is that? It's in Devon Think now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything's there now, which is... For personal wow. notes, it's much easier. But like you wouldn't... I mean, I take notes on absolutely everything like uh here's a note on you know movies i want to watch uh here's a note on every knife i've ever bought or i've ever purchased that's a long one because that's a few mags you know what i throw in there is like you know this these were the specs from the website this is how much i paid for it this is when i ordered it this is um you know, the angle of the grind, if it's known. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, because that's the kind of stuff, like, five or ten years later, I'm like, well, what do I – what should I sharpen this to? What kind of – you're not going to be able to look at the blade and say, like, oh, I know this is this type of grind. Well, especially if it's not, like, the standard 40, yeah, 40 or right? something like and that. And most yeah. of them aren't anymore. They're, you know, 26 degrees. What? 26? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is true. Yeah, I'm looking see. through my notes and seeing because I, I I do that. I still have my house one, um, which I use. I've described that one many times, which is all the neighbors and all that stuff. Um, these are ones that have just been updated recently. Um, there's tax ones. I have some things I just keep tax notes, things I have to remember or whatever. I still use this thing. I call them scratch notes. Um, they just say the word oh, yeah. scratch and then mm-hmm. a, a date dot txt. And so I can filter and get rid of those. Um, mine is called scratch QQ. Yeah. I, I, ta- I tag <laughs> nice. those scratch QQ. Nice. Um, and I actually have, what are those? Uh, what, so what are your scratch notes? Let's They're, take a look. This one is an email to my kid's teacher that I, I wanted I to. Stuff seriously, yeah. I type out my emails before I ever go into an email program, like especially yeah, well, if it's was... something sensitive and I don't want to yes. accidentally send it before yep. it's ready or put yep. the wrong address in. I wanted to kick it around a yeah, little bit, absolutely. And to, yeah, and and scratch files go nowhere other than get deleted, like they get created and deleted. So mm-hmm. this will never get sent to anyone by accident. So, yeah, it's an email f- to my kid's teacher about some stuff that I want to talk to him about. Um, I have uh, electric. Uh, like tool supply list, I you know made a list of like all the tools, tools that I you've buy. purchased. No ones I want to buy. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I have, and um, every once in a while, I run across um, some recommendations for music. So I'll have a running file for different music genres of like suggestions, and usually they they're linked to a, a name and a little blurb and a YouTube right, or right SoundCloud. Here. So given your penchant for one file per week for work, what do you do for home? Do you, are they topical? Like um, separated? They're definitely not date-based other than the scratch ones, but that's just because I want to tag it. I don't, I want to right. So name. you separate those notes and that's probably a result By of topic. like your life is more than one project. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I use a lot of those key note keywords like games X. Yeah. Um, and those types of things. Like I'll I put stopped using tips. I stopped using the X notation in yeah, my you tags. You mentioned that and st- explain your thinking because there. Because once I put everything into Devon Think, I have so many PDF scans that searching for things that end in X or that have X return like every bill that I have has my account number where the first like three quarters of the account number is XXXXXXX. And, or sometimes there are just words that, um, that the OCR is not great on and it'll, it'll like have an X at the end. So what do you, what do you use? I use QQ because that's almost, I, I, so what I did is I went through a bunch of letters, doubled letters (laughs) and like single letters and then double letters and figured out QQ seemed to be, there's very few situations where there'll be two Qs in a row. Like games QQ or game yeah, like QQ? My, mine is scratch QQ. And the nice thing is Devin Think still does uh, um, predictive text on the word oh. scratch. 
So okay. you don't have to you don't have to do scratch QQ. You can just type scratch, and it'll it'll suggest a tag for you. Um, then the other thing I can do is I can search for everything with a tag that ends with QQ, and then I could find all of my uh, you know oh. actionable type tags. And so, and so you, you, QQ follows like the main topic tag. Or no, all tags? this is gonna this is gonna piss you off. <laughs> so <laughs> so QQ are my special tags which right. is like it's a list so movies to watch uh i keep a file of grocery prices of our commonly purchased things whether oh, it's wow. on amazon versus the grocery store versus costco so i can always get a feel for like what's a good price on this like you know napkins the, you know here's here's a good price it should be 0.017 cents per napkin right that's a that's a good pr- that's a that's the baseline price anything better than that is a good deal um, that's amazing. Then I have like comics I want to read. Those are all in my list QQ. So they're like special collections. Then I have um, ref QQ, which are references. So here's mm-hmm. a bunch of shortcuts for different applications, which are just. I have those same ones. I mean, these are all, they all yeah, kind scratch of QQ, sprouted from. Uh, uh, note. Or what else do I have? These all came from the Merlin. Yeah, of, yeah, of course. Uh, the, the Mac power users the from like hundred years ago. Yeah, <laughs> the all father of nodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very yeah. true. Yeah, I have um, you know, refx. Yeah, yep. those refx reference files. You got those. Yep. Um, and then in reference, I actually have the the um, recursive refx refx, which is the reference of reference files, so that all of the <laughs> nice. All, <laughs> All but the tags. Jeff, how do it, you know how many of those you have? No, I only have two. <laughs> you don't have a um, refx, refx, refx? No, I don't. Um, but in that file, I will have all of the tags that yeah. I use. It's sort of like a way to control my my tag propagation. Uh huh. Um, so, you know, ref, work, games, blog, home, pets, yeah. task. Although that, so that, I, I could, find that that's less of an issue now that I actually use tags because I can actually browse the tags. Yeah, this was the days before tags. Yeah, right? when this you was, just this put them in file names. Yeah, exactly. And then and they go first so that everything sorts by main grouping, etc. So, I mean, it's, it's worked really well so far. Um, I mean, I could revamp things. Uh, to to simulate what you're doing, um, I kind of very baby steps. You know, like everything was always text files. I never want to change away from text files. Well, now they're .md files, and I'm actually pretty happy with it because mm-hmm. um, Devin Think does a, such a good job displaying the Markdown files for me. And you um, know, on the I, Mac, you can switch back and forth between if it shows it to you as just plain text or if it shows it to you as rendered Markdown. How do you do that? I've never that, that is under. Uh, let me find one. I have to find a markdown file now. Mm-hmm. This is I'm this is riveting. It. it is. It's it's you know, people people love this stuff, man. View, uh, the view menu, best alternative. Okay. Oh, or interesting. View menu, text alternative. Yep. There it is. Right. Gorgeous. So that's that's yeah. kind of nice. You can swap back and forth. I wish it did it slightly differently than needing to do it through a menu. But no, this is whatever. Fine. This is, this will get it done. So your um, notes are real, really granular. How short? Like I have some ridiculously short notes. Where was one? I just found one that was like two words. <laughs> Mine are that. Well, here's one. It's just uh, playing this game called Neo N I O H. Mm-hmm. And I ran across on a forum how to, you know, if you're having trouble beating this boss. Um, so it's literally like one sentence. It's just, it's a tips file, but there's only one tip right now. So um, here is tax documentation. And I don't know why it's called that. Maybe it was supposed to be bigger, but it's just one line with some numbers added up. That's oh, it. I, well, I did one that was... Um essentially a markdown checklist of these are all of not a checklist as much, but it was markdown links to these are all of my documents that I currently have for taxes. The, and these are the ones that I still need. 
So mm. as we were getting closer to tax time and a new document would come in, I would scan it into my database and then I would link it to this from this file. So I could say like, okay, well, I know I have everything now. I'm ready to mm-hmm. go. And when that list is complete, then, you know, that's great. Yeah. I mean, here's one. It's just pens and inks. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it's just it's eight lines. It, but it, but these are things like, where would I put it otherwise? Like, I yeah, don't want no. it to be and an you, you want to look it up, right? It's yeah. cool. Or, or you may, you may not. I, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there going like, "This is OCD, guys." Like <laughs> well, this is this is not normal problem solving at this point. You are it, writing down pins and be. inks. I they're they're probably right. Um, here's one that's just my birthday list from 2016, like things I wanted for my birthday. So two <laughs> lines. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I guess I guess that that can go now. Uh, I have a list of all of our house chores. Because I was trying to streamline how we maintained our house, but what I found it useful for is just like a quick checklist of like when was the last time we dusted the dining room, and so if I have some extra time on a weekend, I'll just you know knock one of these out, and I feel like I'm like having the list is I'm not like what do we need to do? Like what are the things that we have to do to maintain a clean house? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really a thing I have to worry about now because I could look in this list and like there you go. Dust, yeah, I had, the I had one of those. Um, it was called service repair planning for our house, and it was organized by season, and then by month, and then it would be things that needed to happen at the house that that season. And or now month. that's an omnifocus. It is not actually. I keep it in here just as a kind of an overarching thing, and then um, in omnifocus, it'll say check planning document. <laughs> <laughs> and if there are specific Why? things, that, Why isn't it just a task in OmniFocus? Um, because some of these things, like, um, some of the things are just checks. Like, I just don't want to clutter up. Like, this is what I was saying a long time ago with, with task paper. Like, there are certain things that I just don't want to necessarily have to right, look at. Right, you don't at. want a whole million yeah, line because list then they, It's just, like, so noisy. This is one place to go to look at this stuff. And a lot of them are just check blah, you know, like sometimes in the fall, there's mm-hmm. a lot of them and maybe I put those in, but like in the spring, it's like check the propane level. Like I could put that in or while I'm looking through this thing, I could just say, yeah. I'm just going to go check the propane level. <laughs> so I just have one, I have a project in Omni focus called home maintenance and each mm-hmm. one is a thing, which is, um, you know, like uh, clean the water pump on the HVAC. Mm-hmm. And that happens every June. And that's a repeating task. So I guess you don't look at it until June and that's, that's it doesn't, okay. It doesn't even show up in my in my view until June. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might go through and put these in again at some point. But, but right now it's just kind of, um, you know, like we have a septic system. So like when you pump the septic system, it happens – not necessarily every two years, but it could be two to three years. Yeah. So I will put pump septic system every two to three years, and then the date it last happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So now it's just a little informational thing, so we don't have to go back and look through our calendar for when we made the appointment, stuff like that. It's just a little reference file. <laughs> I love. I love looking through all my old notes. To be honest, it's like this little. <laughs> mental masturbation of it doesn't really (laughs) accomplish anything, but it's entertaining. Like here's one that's just regex for non ASCII characters. I have a note just for that. Like it's a bit of regex. If you ever want to find non ASCII characters and a link to a stack overflow article. Interesting. Yeah. I have one. um, It's called Linux uh, is the name of the tag. And it's essentially like, switching to Linux. Like here's what I need to do if, if in order for that to be possible, here's the apps that need to exist. <laughs> so, that when so that's the like Mac, a noodling note. That's just yeah, like a way for you to sit and think about something yeah. less than a, like a piece of reference material. Right. 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 It's just like me. And like, whenever I want to think about it again, I'll just find that note and, and continue noodling. I'm more so. amazed by people who don't take notes. Like, like when oh I don't remember the name of my vet I'm like well <laughs> how how do you make an appointment uh I go there 
Yeah. <laughs> or, or I drive yeah. by and I remember that I have to, I'm like, yeah, you're stressing me out thinking about your system or lack of system. Yeah. yeah I do think, um, my wife is sort of like that. Like she, she has a great memory, so she doesn't really take a whole lot of notes. She does use, um, Apple notes, I think, yeah. but she doesn't use it that much. Cool. So what do you think, um, your notes are going to be for this beer? Uh, a lot of misspellings because I've <laughs> I've had eighty percent of it now. Mm. Mm. Not me. Uh, I think I have probably so around eighty percent left, and I it's it is not getting any worse. It's a little sweeter now than it was um, as it warmed up. But um, boy, I wish it's, I was drinking this all day. It's very for, bitter for people that aren't big fans of IPAs. This is that new class of IPAs that they're not really bitter. Like I would I would call this. Yeah, the bitterness level on this is really, really minor. I actually think as it's warmed up, it's gotten a lot more bitter for me. Hmm. It, it, to me, it's bitter like orange pith, not yeah. like not like a bitter IPA. It's no, it's, no, definitely it's not like orange pith a, bitter. Yeah, it's sort of like a, an underripe orange or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, oh, but it's boy. fantastic, and it uh, I'm going to be wrecked pretty soon. <laughs> It's only seven percent. Just sip it. <laughs> I'm going to be sipping this for a while. My wife is not home, so she can't uh, she can't give a little taste on mm. this one. But this is I actually don't know if this is her favorite style of of IPA, but um, it hardly matters now since I'm going to be drinking all the beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm uh, going out to finish packing. I made chili today. Well, you know what's yeah, weird? Nice, nice big um, thing I'm going to go out and listen to – listen, I just left, I'm leaving this in. Did oh, you hear that? Uh, yeah. It must be a nice day there. I was just going to say I'm going to go out and it is like 68 degrees outside right now. What? February and as, 18th. as we record this, it is Fe- February, 18th. February 18th, which for where we both live, I went, I went for a walk in shorts today. And yeah, that is not is. normal. Yes. Two weeks ago, it was six degrees. Mm-hmm. Today, it is 68 degrees. That's so, nuts. Wow. Yeah. So uh, be... all the motorcycles are coming out. They've all yep. they've all hatched from their underground cocoon. <laughs> and they're, they're, spread, they're spreading their beautiful uh, 65-year-old wings. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll stay inside. And taking, taking their hogs for a ride. Yep. Yep. Today's the day. Well... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm probably going to drag the kids on a walk. Um, it's just too nice to, to stay in the house today. And uh, we're going to get outside. Have, have you considered just letting them walk for themselves? <laughs> no, Instead I mean, of dragging an them? organized walk in a park somewhere. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have been clear with that. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, go enjoy the rest of your, what remains of your beer. Hmm. Thanks. Thanks again, Patrick. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.